by the way, my name is Mike Schroeder. I'm one of the pastors here, and uh, just an honor to uh, to be here and to see you all here. And if you're a guest here today, if you're new, we're glad that you're here. Thanks for coming. Uh, we hope to see you again sometime soon. Uh, and uh, we're gonna. What's going to happen now is I'm going to be speaking probably for about thirty-ish minutes or so, and. Uh, We'll see. It might feel like more, it might feel like less, but it's probably going to be about 30 minutes. And then uh, we'll have opportunity if you want for prayer, and there's also going to be coffee on, so you'll be able to have uh, more conversations with people after, all right? So what, what I'm going to be doing, we have been uh, going through a series called Greater Than, and all of those messages are online and on uh, Roughly on Tuesday, sometime in the middle of the day, by that time, the, the sermon from Sunday, the previous Sunday, will be on our website as well, available, and, and the notes that, that come, including this one. But what we've been doing is this series called Greater Than, God is Greater Than Sin. He's greater to be preaching uh, the final ser- sermon in that series, and I, I can't wait, except I won't be here. Uh, my wife and I are going away tomorrow for a couple of weeks, but uh, just just saying. But last week on Monday and Tuesday, we had these awesome prophetic meetings that happened. And I'm just wondering if, if you were there for one or two or three of those meetings. Can you just raise your hand. just want to see how many. Okay, so there's a, around, maybe around half. And let me just say that when when we have these special times, we don't just do it because we're, we feel like, you know, it's a novelty and, you know, hey, just want to have something fun to do. But we believe that there's something very important that God wants to do. And this week he did again. And if you missed it, uh, I'm going to be sharing briefly about it. But I have some uh, some comments for the whole church to hear, whether you missed it or whether you were there. And I just want to encourage you to take to heart some of these words and uh, and to trust the Lord and and maybe if you missed it because of uh, just you forgot or because you just didn't feel like going maybe you need to think about that because God wants us to be together in unity and have these shared experiences it was a great time of building the church together anybody want to say amen to that it was such an awesome time but I want to say all the rest of you are Jewish that's really a good I didn't know that. He says, I have other sheep that are not in this sheepfold. I must bring them also. That's you and me for the most part. Jesus said, I must. I, I'm, I'm determined. I, I'm, I must bring them also. And what, look what he says about you. He says, they will listen to my voice. They will listen to my voice. You know, sometimes people think, and if you're wondering, that's uh, John chapter 10 and verse 16. They will listen to my voice and there'll be one shepherd and one sheepfold. A lot of times people say, well, if you talk to God and think that he talks to you, then you're crazy. If you go, you have to be a little bit careful with this because you, if you go and say it to, to certain people, they will just think that you are absolutely wonky, that you believe that God talks to you. But Jesus set this up. The Father uh, 
his good pleasure was to give you the kingdom. And part of the Christian life, if I could say central to the Christian life, is a relationship with God Almighty through Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit. And God wants to talk to you. God, the Bible says, has many thoughts about you. You know, I think about my wife probably more than any other individual on this planet. That's a good thing, right? And I think about our kids a lot as well. But I think about you too, a lot. But God has way more thoughts about us even than we do. The book of Psalms, it says, if I was to add up all the thoughts that God has for me, I couldn't even count that high. God loves you. God knows you. And he wants to have communion with you. He wants you to know his voice so that you can hear him and listen to him. And that's what part of what Christianity is all about. And uh, we're going to be talking about the prophetic, which is a gift that God gives people and sometimes a person that God gives to the church. That's a prophet. But there's this idea that there are people that have particularly strong gifts in this area and they can hear what God wants to say to the church and they can speak it out or to an individual. And that is, that's what we're going to be talking about here today because we just experienced these prophetic meetings. Just There was only two. And uh, God willing, we will have Pastor Charlie back. And, you know, so often, and he even commented, he said, you know, it's, it's kind of hard when I don't have a Sunday available because more people are there on a Sunday and it's an opportunity. They're there anyway, so they get to know what I'm like and then they'll be more inclined to come maybe to a Sunday night or you know, a Monday night or a Tuesday. We just had a Monday, Tuesday this week. But they, what Pastor Charlie did is he spoke to individuals, really exclusively, just to individuals and couples, married couples. And he, uh, he had a, a prophetic word for them. And I'm telling you, I, I know almost everybody really quite well that received these prophetic words. And they were so amazing, so uh, accurate, so so much of a blessing to each of those individuals. Can I get an amen from those that were there? It was it was phenomenal. Uh, but just because you might not have been there doesn't mean that you can't benefit because what's going to happen is there's going to be an increase of God's uh, creativity, an increase of God's anointing, an increase of God's work in all of those lives. And that can't help but bring sort of the 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 level of spiritual activity in our church and, and have it raised up just a little bit more. Hallelujah. And, you know, the more that we listen to uh, to God, the more that we are going to understand and the more that we're going to hear him. If you think, well, you know what, I... I feel like I never hear God's voice. I feel like God never talks to me. Well, are you listening? That's the question. Because God is talking. You know, I have this, I have this here, and and you know, I'm I'm not going to uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna check my my online uh, you know presence on here. I'm not gonna check my email, but it's it's connected I, right now. It's connected, and so I can get. 
there and there's signals if i don't if i if i'm not paying attention i don't even think about those signals but when i'm when i'm connected i'm thinking a lot about what's going on all around the world through the uh, through the web and you know god is talking God has ideas. God has words for you. God has thoughts about you. And he wants to have this communication, but we need to pay attention. Amen. That's a good word. That's a good word, Pastor Mike. Amen. Okay. I'm not going to get very far yet. We'll keep going. Okay, so if we can go to the next slide, just the... Today, I want to talk to you about responding to the prophetic, whether you had a word this week, maybe last year. Have you ever had either a thought that God was speaking to you about something specific or a prophetic word that was given to you? Maybe somebody was praying for you or maybe a prophet came to visit like Charlie. Have you ever had a word from God? Just raise your hand. Okay, see, that's way more. That's what I thought. Well, this is for you, this message. These four icons here. One of them is a crow. One of them is a hot sun. One of them is thorns. And one of them is a bumper crop. And I think a lot of us that know the Bible and know some of the teachings of Jesus Christ know exactly what that refers to. Jesus told the story of the soil. And sometimes we talk about the farmer and and planting and the seed and all that. But there's nothing wrong with a seed. It's all about the soil. And how do we respond to God's word? And so the, the first uh, sort of difficult soil is the soil that is on the footpath. And, uh, you know, God wants us to be people that have some spiritual depth. depth. And um, the, what happens, the, and I really felt in my spirit that there's spiritual warfare going to be happening here. And you and I, we need to be careful. Not to allow the crows of the air, the devil who wants to come and steal and kill and destroy. He wants to take the benefits of the word that God has given you and just pull it out of your life altogether. Because, you know, he hates you. You have an enemy. And he hates your guts. But Jesus is greater. Jesus is greater than the power of Satan. Hallelujah. But I want to start off with, uh, have I started yet? I, w- I want to talk to you about this bucket, not about this bucket, but about um, a bucket list. Do you have a bucket list? I was thinking about some of the things that I've wanted to do, and I, I've, I've been to Africa now, I think it's seven times. Is that how many times I've been to Africa over the years? And I've been in with Pastor Fanuel in his, in his church, and, you know, for, for years I sat in that church, and they had, uh, they had dirt, you know, bricks and dirt benches, a dirt floor, and no windows, just ripped up screens. They, they just don't have any money. We put, the, we put the roof on, and we actually even put electricity in there. But I, I thought to myself, before I die, I want to see a new floor and proper benches in this church. And God's grace happened, and you got involved, and the miracle took place. And now they have this, and you see, for us, we go, oh, it's just a plain cement floor. Listen, that's the Ritz for them. And they have wooden benches with wooden backs on them. Are you kidding me? That's so fantastic. They love it. 
and glass windows with bars on them? Hallelujah. I am so grateful for that. Last uh, Thursday at our life group, and I, I'm just enjoying our life group a lot, and I hope you're getting involved with life groups. And, and we, we have our life group at, at Rick and Eileen Bentley's place, and, and uh, we have a little thing that we do and just talk about one thing about us and all this ourselves that we need to know just to get to know each other better before we get into the Word. And, and I was interested to hear Rick. Now, I might have known this, but he was born in Prince Edward Island. I don't know very many people that were born in, on the East Coast, especially not Prince Edward Island. It doesn't look like Anne of Green Gables, but anyways. Uh, and, and, you know, what happened with Rick, almost all of it, like he, they, he, his dad was in the military, and uh, he left there when he was two or three, and he doesn't remember, didn't remember much about it. But for most all of his life, until he was about 10 years ago now, the, he wanted to go back to where he was born and just see the place. You know, you can look at pictures, but that's not quite the same as actually being there. And so uh, 50 years later, he went back to Prince Edward Island. That was on his bucket list. Now, fast forward a little bit from his birth to in his 20s, uh, he went on a trip. Was that was that pre Eileen? Yeah, he went on a trip to uh, uh, New Zealand. That was uh, a long time ago because he's old as dirt. But in his twenties, it's about forty years ago. He wanted he he went on this trip and he wanted. And in the, now they're they're married and they're happy and they've got kids and awesome grandkids. And you look at their pictures; it just looks like this awesome family. But now. You know, they're leaving in a couple of weeks. They're leaving to go back to New Zealand. And isn't that great for them? I'm not jealous at all. No, I'm not. Seriously, I, I do want. That is on my bucket list. I want to go. I want to go down under at some point uh, in my life. I would like to do that. But I want to talk to you about your bucket list. And one, and I have a suggestion for your bucket list. Okay, are you ready for this? 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and uh, verse 31, it says, you should earnestly desire, earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. And the Apostle Paul is talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Earnestly desire. The old King James, I think it says, covet. You know, the, the, king, the Ten Commandments say, you know, thou shalt not covet. Well, God actually told us we're supposed to covet something. We're not supposed to covet our neighbor's house or our neighbor's spouse or our neighbor's stuff, but we're supposed to covet spiritual gifts. That's supposed to be something that you covet. Have you ever looked at something and thought, boy, I'd like that. I, I, I like that house. We're just, we're just taking subjects off our house this weekend, and we're just going to be moving in a couple of months. And, you know, we've, we've been looking at houses and thinking about houses, and, you know, this would be awesome, and that would be great. And, you know, it's good to have goals, because if you, you know, if you don't make goals, you're sure to reach them, right? You'll get nothing. I remember when I was I, I was I was never really in great shape, but one day I decided, I, you know, one day I want to run the Sun Run, and I did because I made the goal. I put it. I had a bucket list, and I that I threw it in there, and I made plans, and I made a, you know, I trained, and I I did it. Yay! I finished. Ran the whole way. 
just over a minute, uh, just over an hour, <laughs> just over an hour, 62 minutes. Anyways, and, and so, you know, if, if we have desires for things, that's not a bad thing. But God wants us to earnestly desire the most helpful gifts. Eagerly, it says, eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy. Especially prophecy. And uh, then it says, uh, you know, since you're eager for gifts of the Spirit, try to excel in those that build up the church, especially prophecy, it says, because a lot of us have, have had a word from God in the past, and God wants us to be very desirous of those things. What is prophecy? Well, the basic meaning is to speak for another. Prophecy is to predict something, to foretell events, or to speak under divine inspiration. And there's, there's sort of a, the main guideline. This is sort of the, uh, the headquarters portion of Scripture in 1 Corinthians 14 that talks about New Testament prophecy for the church. And it says uh, this right in verse 3. It says, the one who prophesies strengthens others, encourages them, and comforts them. That's what New Testament church prophecy is meant to be, is those three things. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Matt. That is good, because that's from the Scriptures. Now, I want to talk to you about the very greatest prophet who ever lived. And it's not Charlie Sweet. (laughs) His name is Jesus. He's the greatest prophet. And uh, he's the one, it's, I'm just going to read this to you, I think it's on the screen. Christ is the mouthpiece of God as the prophet speaking and teaching the word of God, infinitely greater than all the prophets who spoke for God and interpreted the will of God. Jesus says, the things I say, the things I do, I don't do anything except what I've seen my father do. He came in the name of the father and he did the works of God He was the one who spoke the word, did the word, accomplished the word of God. He is the greatest prophet, Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. And he knows you and he loves you. And he wants to be uh, with you, wants, wants to walk with you. Jesus said in John 14, these words you hear are not my own. They belong to the Father who sent me. Uh, But there are other sort of areas or kinds of prophecy, and uh, I call them realms of prophecy. And uh, the, the first one and the greatest one, again, isn't a, a person who prophesies or is a prophet, but the greatest in the human, uh, in the human era, area where we walk, the greatest area of prophecy is the prophecy of Scripture. It's the most authoritative word from God that you can have. And I, I'm so grateful that we live in the time we do instead of the time before the printing press. Because before the printing press, Mr. Gutenberg, thank you, you know, there was a, a lot of times the, you know, the church meetings were all in Latin, no matter where you lived. And people, it was a dead language. People didn't know. And, and the word was not really available for other people. But now, I mean, we, most of us, we have more than one. If you have a Bible app, you've got dozens of different uh, versions of the Scripture. And it's through, it's through this highest level of prophecy, get it, level, that you, it, that you can identify and, and sort out if 
a prophetic word that comes through a prophet or someone who has a gift of prophecy, you can test it by means of the scriptures because they are the most authoritative voice and word of prophecy that there is. And I just stole my own thunder there, but it's okay. All scripture, it says in 2 Timothy, is God-breathed. All scripture is God-breathed. And when you speak... It's breath, right? And that's, that's all the scriptures that we have, uh, the 66 books. And they are actually, have you ever heard the expression, the canon of scripture? It's a, it's a word that you probably haven't heard, you know, on Facebook, but it's the canon of scripture. And when they put together the 66 books of the Bible, or the church fathers did that, and it was under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. And hey, actually, we sometimes spell it, you know, in English with a C. And it is the word K-A-N-N-O-N, I believe is how it's spelled. And it just means a rod or a measuring line or a measuring stick. And the scriptures are what we measure prophetic words by. And so sometimes, you know, we feel like, well, God might be leading me to do this. God might be leading me to do that. But you know what? If God is leading you and it is against, it is against the scripture, you have, uh, you have a news flash. You have, you, you know, you are not hearing from God the way you need to hear from God. Just saying. Because the Bible is the greatest and highest level of scripture. There's something called a spirit of prophecy. We talked about this, and that is basically the, in Revelation. It says the testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. Uh, there's a, there's people that have a gift of prophecy. Now this is a little complicated, uh, but it's the Holy Spirit that pours out gifts upon people, and people have some people move more freely in this, and it's the gift of prophecy. And like I, like it said in, in the scripture I said earlier, that we should, you know, earnestly desire. You know, when you think about all the things you desire, earnestly desire spiritual gifts, especially to prophesy. Put it on your bucket list. I really want to. I really, if someone says, what is on your bucket list? And you say, well, I want to, I want to fly with is it Branson that has that plane that goes out into space? I'd like to go on that airplane that goes up into space. Well, okay, put it in your bucket list, but don't forget to earnestly desire the spiritual things, spiritual gifts, especially, especially, earnestly desire that new car, but especially to prophesy. Earnestly desire the gifts of the Spirit, especially to prophesy. Okay, and then there's also, and that's the Holy Spirit that gives the gift of prophecy, and it's Jesus who gives the gift of a prophet. And a prophet is a person, and it's in Ephesians 5, it's, we call it the fivefold gifts of, this, of, uh, of Jesus, and that is uh, in Ephesians 4.11, where he says, I, you know, Jesus gave to the church apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, judged, it has to be evaluated. It, uh, it says this in uh, 1 Corinthians 14. Let two or three people prophesy and let the others evaluate what is said. Um, and that's because of this next scripture that says, in, it's in the love chapter, uh, chapter 13 of Corinthians. He says, now we know in part 
and we prophesy in part. Our knowledge, it says in Amplified, is fragmentary, incomplete, and imperfect. And our prophecy is fragmentary, incomplete, and imperfect. And these words that people receive from Charlie Sweet this week, some of them are just pieces of the puzzle. There was a lot of the gift of uh, word of knowledge that was in there as well. And, uh, you know, that it was, it was quite profound, some of the words of knowledge that, that he, he gave. And what that does, it kind of sets us up, you know, when you have accurate words of knowledge, then when the prophetic comes, it's, it's, uh, it really helps to, you know, you're going to hear with two ears when you, when you see that accuracy happening. Uh, but I want to just talk to you uh, briefly about this fellow named Agabus. He was a prophet in the book of Acts, and uh, he prophesied, okay, so the Apostle Paul, the backstory is the Apostle Paul was, was traveling. He had been to Europe. He was the first, the first ever uh, minister to go and start a church in Europe, came back into uh, Asia Minor, which is in the area now we call Turkey, and there was a guy there that he met, met up with, and his name was Agabus, and he was a prophet. And he saw Paul, and Paul was ministering whatever Paul was doing, and, he, and I don't know how he got it off of him, but he took Paul's belt, the Bible says. And Paul was on his way back from Europe through Asia back to Jerusalem. And Agabus said, and he wrapped up Paul's hands like this with his belt, and he said, what's going to happen to you, Paul, is that you're going to be bound up and you're going to be arrested in Jerusalem. And so that was the prophetic word. Now, that was a prophetic word, and it was in part. And it needed, to be, uh, it needed to be understood, and it needed to be pastored. And so what we're going to be doing, by the way, with all of you that receive prophetic words through Pastor Charlie, you'll be getting sent by email of an audio file of those words. And your job, before the 25th, <laughs> of February, is to take those prophetic words and transcribe them onto paper and submit those back to me. And then, uh, and then we're going to make time to meet with you, and we're going to talk to you about these things and pray with you and try to kind of sort this out. Because what happened with Agabus, back to Agabus and Paul now, so everybody, you know, that was in the room, they said, Paul, don't go to Jerusalem. See, the prophet said, don't go. But actually, the prophet didn't say that. The prophet just said, this is what's going to happen if you go. Now, I know guys, pastors, they say, well, Paul made a mistake. I don't believe that he made a mistake myself. But however it works, you know, it's not up to everybody else to interpret the word for you. God will speak to you in your own spirit, in your own heart. And so Paul ended up going to Jerusalem. And, of course, what happened, uh, it, it was uh, slightly different than just his belt. He got... You know, he got chained up, and thank you, Pastor Matt, I stole some thunder. And, uh, you know, he was arrested, ended up going all the way back to Rome, and, and he was in jail there. And the Bible says, you know, I, in, in, later on in his life, he said, I escaped, I escaped the lion. And you know what? That was not a metaphor. <laughs> you know, he was in prison, and one of the things that likely would have happened is he would have been gone, gone into, you know, the, the Colosseum there and would have been, you know, eaten by lions, but he escaped the lion and he got out of jail. Uh, that hardly ever happened in those days, but he, he got out of it somehow. Um, and so there is, there is uh, an, a need for prophecy 
to be judged. Now, I was going to talk to you more about the parable of the, of the soils, and I'm just not going to do that because it's time to go. And so what I'm going to ask you, if you can just go to that slide, and that slide will be on the screen, or sorry, on, online on Tuesday. But of course, you can just go look it up yourself in the book of Matthew chapter 13 or the book of Mark chapter 4 and read the parable of the sower and understand that there's different that we need to be in a place to receive God's word. We need to be in a place. And, and the, you know, the footpath people are just too busy. And then the rocky soil, they're just fair-weather friends. And the thorn, thorny soil is worries and, and, and wealth and pursuing money. And then, of course, you've got the people that are open, and they will produce fruitfulness. Um, but I, I just want to close here uh, from 2 Timothy chapter 1 and then 1 Timothy chapter 1 as well. And the Apostle Paul is talking to his protege, Timothy, and they had a relationship, and Paul's heard uh, words that had come to Timothy through different prophets, and Timothy had shared what his grandmother and his mother had taught him about the word, and Paul knew Timothy well, and he says, listen, you've had lots of input in your life, and I want you to fan into flame the gift of God which is in you through the laying on of my hands. And so many of us have had experiences with God in the past that have imparted things to us, and now they're dormant. I'm not here to tell you that you're bad or anything, but a lot of us have got dormancies in our life, and it's our job to fan into flame. If you can think back to a time in your life when you were more dynamically connected with Jesus than you are today, God wants to encourage you that you can just get out your, your bellows, right, your fan, and fan into flame the gift of God. God wants to renew you. God wants to restore you. And the second thing about this is that he says, Timothy, my son, in 1 Timothy 1 and verse 18, he says, I'm giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies once made about you so that by recalling them, you may fight the battle well. Listen, I want to tell you something. I received prophetic word in 1974 that I still have transcribed. I still have the papers. And when I go and, and pray from time to time, I don't do it every day, but from time to time, I take those prophetic words out that are transcribed, and, and I use them to help me fight a good fight. They encourage me. They give me kind of direction. And it's interesting because sometimes I read them again for the first time, and there's meaning that's in my life today that wasn't there in 1974. Now, it's not the Bible. It's not like it, it's, it's just one of the levels. The Scriptures, I'm in the Scriptures every day. Okay, I'm not in my prophetic words every day, but it's good for us to remember those encouraging prophetic words, because that is one of the I mean, God gave those to you to help you. And so that's one of the reasons why we're asking everybody who's received one of these words. And as I think there's was it 35 people, I think, or 40, something like that, a lot just kept going and going and going. It was amazing. And so there's so there's many of you, but you know we're going to send you those files. Take those files, transcribe them, and hang on to those things, because God is going to help you with them. And let's be people. If you can just go to the next slide for me, we can be people that are like the good soil, not the ones that are shallow, 
not the ones that are too busy, not the ones that are just thinking about everything else on their bucket list. Remember to add the, the gifts of the Spirit, add the things of God into your bucket list and receive, be good ground for the Holy Spirit to speak to you. Not just, oh, I missed it, I wasn't there. Oh, really, that's too bad. No, God is still with you. God is still speaking, and he wants to bless you. Amen? Amen. Amen. That's a good message. That's really, that's one of my best all day. Pastor Matt is going to uh, share just briefly, and then he's going to close the meeting. Amen. Pastor Mike had asked me to put a little bit of a postscript on the message today. Um, and I, what I'm going to do, actually, is I'm just going to restate what Pastor Mike just shared, because I just think it's so good. And first of all, I want to encourage you, if you weren't there, God is speaking even now. He can speak to you. What is the prophetic word? We just heard it. it's this, this, the, the, the prophetic prophecy of Scripture that from the Word of God, they can come alive as you read the Word of God. It can come alive to you and put a word in your heart. And what is the prophetic word? It's, it's, it's the foretelling of God. It's, it's His truth being spoken into your life. And when He speaks that word, we, we test that word and we test it with the Scripture. Does it line up with the Word of God? Another way we, we test that word is we test it with those around us that are around us. In the multitude of counsel, there is safety. So does your pastor agree with that word? Does it line up with that? Do the people, godly people in your life, do they agree with that word? Does it line up uh, with, with that? And do they confirm that word? And then once you have that word, what do we do with it? Well, do we just sit back and go, okay, God, you said it's going to happen. I'm just going to let it happen. No, we don't. We walk in it. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How do we bring this about very practically? We do it by faith. We do it by faith, just like anything else in our lives. What is faith? Faith is agreeing with God. It's coming into agreement with the word of God and his truth. And so how do we respond now, church? We've had prophetic words spoken of our our church. One of them, you guys, we're going to have an army of young people. Isn't that exciting? Here's what we do. We go, I don't see it, but I agree with it. I agree with it, and then we prepare ourselves for it. What does a prophetic word do? It allows us to orient our lives in the direction that God wants us to. It allows us to walk towards that. I just wanted to encourage you with that today. Um, God can speak to you, um, and he can speak to you right now. He can give you direction for your life. And if you need more help on how to do that, come talk to us. We can pray for you today that God would open up your mind, that the eyes of your heart would be enlightened, that you would know what is the hope of his calling, is what it says in the book of Ephesians. And so here's how we're going to close the meeting today. I'd like you all just to stand. And I just want to know, if there's anybody here today that says, I just need to hear from God today. I need to sense his presence. I need to, to get a word from him. If that's you today, you just say, man, I just, I just need to receive a word today. I just need something fresh today. By the way, it's okay for all of us to be hungry for that. That's a good thing. Then I want you just to, to lift up your hands wherever you are. If you just need to lift them you know, like this and, and open them up. And I'm going to pray for you right now. And we're going to believe that God will speak to you today. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that your word is living and active and it's sharper than a two-edged sword. God, that it is your word that goes forth and God, that works in our lives, Lord Jesus, both to will and to do for your good purpose, Lord God. That you are working in that us even now, Lord God. And I pray this week, Lord Jesus, this week, Lord God, for all those whose hands are raised, Lord Jesus, that as we seek 
your word, as we go after you, Lord Jesus, God, that you would bring those to life in us, Lord God, that they would become rhema and life in us, Lord Jesus, and come alive in us, Lord God. We pray, Lord Jesus, that our hearts would be transformed and Lord God, that our minds would be open, that our ears would be open to hear, Lord God, and our minds open to receive what it is that you want to speak to us this week, Lord Jesus. God, we pray that it would come alive in each life right for where they are. In Jesus' name, we thank you for what you're doing in our church and in our lives. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen.